Craft Beer Radio, episode 61, November 26, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer in the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. So what do we got this week? We got a collection of stuff. Of uh, stuff. Yeah. We're we, mailing this one in. We're doing a quickie show for various reasons. Uh, you can listen to the free show to get more of an account of why we're doing a quickie show, but it's basically going to be quick and dirty. Yeah. I'm out of town for the normal recording date. We're a little short on preparation here, but we'll do our best to give you a bang-up show. Yeah. The first Exciting beer we're time. doing is the Shafley Oktoberfest. Barry sent this one in to us. Thanks, Barry. Okay, so Oktoberfest, Marshall-style lagers, expect them to be maltier, right. um, but clean and crisp. Shafley is out of St. Louis. There's a good fresh smell to it, fresh, uh, especially compared to that pre-show beer we had. Fresh out of malty aroma. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice uh, golden color. A little bit towards orange. Yeah, it's nice and clear. Head is uh, just slightly... Hmm. Just a bit off-white to a, a peach color. And uh smells wonderful. Mm. Crisp and refreshing. A little bit of maltiness, malty overtones in the side. Um, has a, a slight, very slight bitterness to it. Just tad there. It's good. Has um nice mouthfeel. It's rather thick for style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as thick as thick mouthfeel style right. beers, but for a Oktoberfest being a lager, Meritzen. It's on the thicker side. It's kind of interesting. Mm. It's very good. Very tasty. Has a nice uh, lingering kind of malty uh, yeah. flavor. Has um. This was weird. Hard one to pick out. It's mid late, but not at the end of the at the end of the taste. It um, right in the center back of your tongue. It just comes across as really sweet. I'm trying to pick up what kind of flavors I'm getting out of there. It's almost like cherry or something getting that you understand what i'm trying to describe there's some kind of fruitiness coming around there definitely to me it's some kind of it's kind of, it's similar to a cherry it says on your tongue just for a moment before it goes away have you been noticing email wise we're getting some spam coming at us from our contact us form yeah that's because there's robots out there that just submit to whatever form they can get their hands mm-hmm. on I mean, it, that's I was surprised it took us fine. like four weeks to get it, start getting it, actually. And it's just emailing us with spam that we're not going to look at. So, you know, go for it, robots. <laughs> that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, off to see if there's an easy install, like, CAPTCHA plugin for Drupal, where you have to fill in a CAPTCHA as well before you can submit. I hate, I mean, the cap, the idea of CAPTCHAs is, is good, right? but it, it's so much work. Just, I mean, it's extra work to fill out a CAPTCHA. It's annoying. Okay. Well, maybe I won't do it then. I'm just... If we get a significant amount of, you know, spam, then I can see. Right. The benefit 
to having the contact form on the website is that our email address isn't exposed. Mm-hmm. So at least the robots aren't collecting the email address. So we got a lot of good feedback on the Sour Beer Show. People really liked it, which I'm not surprised they're very good beers. They were very good beers. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that they liked it, even though we were kind of tongue-tied with, uh, you know, how many ways can you describe something yeah. that's tart or sour? And I, I don't think we did an exceptional job of doing that like we do some shows where we can describe what we're tasting. But I think that I assume our enthusiasm for what we were drinking came through. Probably. And, and that you know, helps. Whenever you have a wow beer. We haven't had too many wow beers this year in that one. No. Woohoo! It, it's harder for us. I mean, we're getting more jaded, I guess. As we try more beers, it's, it takes a lot more to really impress us, I think. We've had a lot of excellent beers. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it depends on how exactly we define a wild beer. You know, because we can appreciate a great Dortmunder export, right? Mm-hmm. Would it ever make our wild beer list, though? Probably not. Yeah, see. So we're talking about things that are truly different. Um, Adam yeah. and, and uh, Luffily. Got a post through our feedback form from a person who was um, curious about doing another multi-brew experiment. And uh, he's heard about uh, Don's Alpha King recipe, which we talked about briefly in the show. And he thinks that'd be a very good one to use. I think we were thinking of of that also. Yeah, I think we'll definitely have to start planning a multi-brew experiment with uh, Don's Alpha King. But we should loosen the rules a bit, I think. Loosen? Uh, See, I was thinking about keeping them even, uh, you know, pretty much spot on to see. Well, but... Part of, well, at least one one of the things we had attempted to with the last one was everybody the exact same recipe, but that's not how it worked out. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it's better that it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of want the the basis to be here's how the beer can turn out different. When everyone makes it the same way, mm-hmm. or you know, just differences in their technique, let alone not necessarily differences in ingredients. We could, you know, we could do two different kinds of multi-brews. We could do a strict stick to the, the formula multi-brew, and then there could be a adapted to your own, you know, tastes type multi-brew. And with something like Alpha King, where the recipe is proven to be an award winner, I'm kind of thinking I want to see if everyone can do it the same or if it turns out differently. Well, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like. It's it's not all that interesting to get two beers that are very close to one another. I don't think they're going to be indistinguishable, though. I think they're going to have definitely have differences that we can pick out, even if they try to brew them the same way. Well, we can give it a shot. And I want to see what those differences are. That's kind of how I'm approaching this. See, from my perspective, I want to see, okay, if we change one of these hops, or we change some of the, you know, the malt, Characteristic, just a bit. What's you know? What kind of? Well, if you want to do something like that, then we should have a more prescribed change, where we all do a basic IPA. I do it with Challenger hops. You do it with Chinook hops. Someone else does it with Amarillo hops, and do it that way. Hmm. That's that sounds actually really interesting. Okay. Because you know, there you go. That that's here's a spectrum. We'll really see how when we take a base. And we really manipulate the ingredients in the spectrum way. What really comes out of it? Yeah, I don't know. It's but then we could make some very good Alpha King beer too that everyone can enjoy yeah, instead of a, a base IPA. Because a base IPA, you want pretty much to just pick out the hops. Right. I mean, we could put a little bit of malt character in there. No, you got you got a point. I don't know. Well, we'll see what the listeners have to say about this. I'm I'm kind of curious as to which way we should go. They could all be very good, and yeah. if they weren't such a pain to uh, to organize the multi brews, we could have one every month. But 
it was uh, it was difficult getting those in and out. Mm-hmm. Kind of, well, actually, it was difficult because we were in the process of moving, that, getting, getting ready to hurt. move. So that was a pain. Um, maybe it wouldn't be as hard now. And I'll definitely request that everyone packs their bottles so they're individually packaged and, and um, padded. Because some people put them all together and I had to rip apart all the insulation and packaging <laughs> to get the bottles out. Whereas if I could just grab a whole container of padding and bottle and just mix, mix those up, that would have been easier. All right, let's do, do this one. I want to taste this one before I get too much on my tongue. Okay. This is the Boulevard 50, uh, 47. It's a Munich-style lager. Now, what's the difference between Munich and, say, uh, Larson? Well, Greg, the, the this uh, Munich-style lager, we think it's a dunkel. Um, so we'll have to see from the aroma and the flavor here whether it is. But a Munich dunkel is, um, the BJCP says it's it's not as um, roasty as a Schwarzbier. It's not as intense as a Bach. But, but it's still sweet. And you're going to get some bread crusts and caramel, a lot of caramel flavor out of it. I mean, aroma-wise, definitely getting a bready aroma. And a little bit of, um, I don't know, Pilsner malt. Even though it's not a Pilsner, but just, it, it smells like... Uh, well, there could be some Pilsner malt in there. I'm not necessarily picking that up myself. I'm picking up... Uh, well, Munich's a kind of malt, so I'm I'm assuming there's probably be a lot of Munich in there. Munich's more, more bready right. type malt. Not too much roast in there or caramel, but maybe a little bit. It's kind of that watery aroma that's reminiscent of Pilsner malt is what I'm getting a little bit of. And it, dark-wise, it certainly looks dunkel-like. I mean, it's um, you know, darker orange. Yeah, it's a, it's a couple of shades darker than uh, a Vienna lager, like the Oktoberfest we had, or, or yeah. most people know what a Sam Adams Boston lager looks like. So this is, it's hard to say, like, how much darker... If you could imagine two shades darker, yeah, I would I would say that. So it's <laughs> very direct shades in the shade scale. It's very subjective, right? But I think that'd probably be a decent way to describe it. If you can imagine two shades darker than a than a Sam Adams, bready. There's a little bit of um, hmm, bready. Kind of a um, a lot of the flavor, a lot of the bitterness is sort of is kind of collecting in the back and in, in the. The back of your tongue and kind of in the middle and getting almost like a toffee yeah it could be toffee what i'm picking up and it's hard to describe it's kind of the sweetness the maltiness the maltiness not not necessarily sweet it's the maltiness we got from the oktoberfest but with a little bit of roast on it mm. i wouldn't really call this a roasty or toasty beer but it's just a slight hint of it if we didn't have the oktoberfest right before this yeah we might not even notice it just, so it's actually a little a good, bit of yeah, a little bit of extra caramelization on there, a little bit of extra, right. yeah, and and I can feel that in yeah, definitely in the back of the tongue, it's it's, it's a roasty bitterness that's coming through in the back. So it's it's a, like I said, the, the other one there was a slight amount of bitterness. This one is slightly more bitter. Uh, the bitterness is kind of sticking around, but it's not necessarily coming from the hops. I think a lot of it's coming from the roast. And Boulevard Brewing Company is out of Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri. They sent us this beer. Uh, Bob's Forty Seven Munich style lager is their only lager. It's named after a friend of um, friend of the brewery, Bob Workerwich, who passed away in nineteen ninety six. He's a master brewer, class of nineteen forty seven, U.S. Brewers Academy. Oh, here's to you, Bob. Cheers, cheers. Especially roasted Munich barley malt adds to the beer's rich multi flavor. The complex hop character. Complex? We'll have to go back and check that one out. Complex hop character from Herb Rusker and Nugget Hops. 
Maybe I am getting that bitterness from the hops. I mean, it, it feels like a roasty bitterness to me, but maybe it is coming from the hops. It's, it's, it's yeah. I, I suppose it, it comes like it seems like it. It's floating there, and then it lands on your tongue late, and just covers the back part of your tongue. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I could see where the herb rusker comes from. Nugget is a you know more high alpha hop. Right. If it's used just for bittering, it might be harder to pick up what it's for. But think of nugget nectar. Think of some of those other American juicy <laughs> ambers and IPAs that have crazy right. amounts of it in it. This is a restrained, judicious use of of the nugget hop. Absolutely, it's pretty good. Nice and clean. Mm-hmm. I yeah. You know, it's funny how um, how much our opinion of lagers have changed. It has, even though this one it, it's drinkable for me. It's not one that I'm loving though. I'd much rather have a Dortmund or Pilsner, Oktoberfest than this one. The uh, it just it's not. Ba- I mean, I'm not saying it's bad in any way. It's just what it's doing isn't as appealing to me as other beers. I'm are. actually getting a little bit of alcohol. Are you? Yeah, just just a bit. Well, I don't think a Dunkel is going to be high in alcohol. No, it, I'd be surprised if it's much over six. I think it doesn't say. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it's at six, but I'd be really surprised if it's much over six two or something like that. Beautiful weather this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's really God, nice. Here it's in Pittsburgh, nice it's like warm. sixty degrees. You just don't see that at the end of November. Wearing short sleeves, man, it's an awesome weekend. It's that global warming, it's coming. You know, thank good thank God for global warming. <laughs> we had an interesting comment uh, bow to your discussion about yeast mm. where you said that the yeast were their metabolism was designed or, you said, or i think maybe when you're talking about humans were designed to digest food yeah or, it was we were talking about the vegan thing i think it was in, the, in our post show we may have been talking about this but i said i guess kind of missed somewhere where i said you know you said we're designed, we're designed to digest food or something our teeth are designed but and you know our teeth aren't designed i mean they evolved but uh I was looking at the definition, though, and it depends on how you read it, but it could still be designed. But there's been such a corruption from the ID people yeah, yeah. that we had a listener point out that um, it kind of was a, uh, what would be the proper word? Not necessarily misnomer, but we're... So, we'll just say designed by, by evolution. <laughs> Put it that way. Selected. Yeah, selected. Our teeth were selected that way. All right, our next beer... This one is the Victory St. Boisterous Hellerbach. Oh, it's past its best. Enjoy by October 13th. Well, uh-oh. We're in trouble. So a Hellerbach. Tell me about a Hellerbach. It's a, it's a light style, stronger blogger. So a Bach or Doppelbach, you know, you think would have a lot of that roasty stuff. Right. Not in this beer. So think like a Hellas or think like a Maybach. And that's what we're going to have. Probably if you like take the differences between a Hellas and convert that into a you know stronger beer like a Maybach, that's probably what we're going to be getting here. Okay. So we're going to get some Pilsner type malt. As we poured it, we can see it's a pretty light in color. Yeah. It's a it's a yellowy with a hint of orange. Has a nice fluffy head. Um, there might be a fair amount malt. might be a fair amount of hops in it, like a Maybach. Might not. We're not I'm not sure about that. But let's uh, taste it and see what we got. There's that Pilsner malt, the more biscuity aroma instead of bready. Yeah, yeah, certainly a nice biscuity flavor. And it's uh smells nice and fresh still even though it's past its best by date. 
yeah, not quite as malty, a little bit thicker, smoother. Yeah. Um, kind of a, a almost creamier texture. Uh, doesn't quite have the same kind of maltiness as the other two, but it has a little bit of sweetness. What it's slightly, you know, it's different than the maltiness. It's, it, the, the maltiness kind of tends to be a little bit more on the caramel side, and the sweetness is more just direct sugary. I, I concur, Doctor. It's an interesting mouthfeel because it tastes full and not full at the same time. The creaminess you mentioned, you certainly taste that. Mm-hmm. And then it tastes, let's see, how can I differentiate these two different parts of the mouthfeel where the creaminess tastes rather full, but then the cellar part, which I have yet to define, tastes thin. Let's see. Maybe it's the solvency of the alcohol that makes it seem a little thin there. I'm picking it up. Kind of around the edges? Is that in like um, on the side? Is that Actually, it? it's it's smack dab in the middle front of my tongue. Hmm. Yeah, so sort of like a candy, sugary sweetness with this. <laughs> really drinkable. Yeah. And now, put a little bit on your tongue. Breathe some air over it. You'll feel how much alcohol is in this thing. You'll be able to tell how much alcohol is in this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that really lets the alcohol evaporate, and you can get it up into your you know, olfactories to, to smell it. It's just like... Oh. I mean, yeah, it's like there's, there's a huge amount of vapor there, almost a, a tangible, like, feelable amount of it. See, this is a seasonal brew from Victory. They are a little marketing speak here. Is the, the Harbinger of Spring, or St. Boisterous, is a refreshing draft of warmth and pleasure, brewed in the Bavarian Hellerbach style. This robust lager can seduce any soul with this exuberant character. Honest and sweet at heart, this well-seasoned brew is product. This well-seasoned brew is the product of flavorful German malts and whole flower European hops. These these have all been very good beers. It's going to be a, a rough ranking. Yeah, yeah, they're um, they're they're good lagers, good solid lagers, every single one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, fairly similar. I mean, this one's a little bit different than the other two, but. It's a good German example show. Someone like, you know, we really don't tell people to go out and find the beers we taste because they're so diverse and spread out. But this would be a very good show to give someone an idea of subtle lager flavors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you, I don't know if you'll be able to get these, you know, all these beers, but um, at least try close adjuncts to them and maybe you'll be able to figure out (laughs) kind of what we're tasting. It's funny because. the first two beers we can't get here in Pittsburgh. We've mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, Boulevard sent us the Boulevard beer and Barry sent us the Shaffley beer. So <laughs> we can't yeah. get most of the beers on the show. The victory we can get. But it's a springtime seasonal. Yeah. Probably, you know, because of the high alcohol, it was about, probably about six and a half, seven percent in that area. Yeah, that's what I would guess, yeah. Uh, it's It stays well. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I kept uh, a little bit past the uh, prime date. They probably had a six-month, you know, Best Buy date on this thing. Mm -hmm. This thing was probably released in, what, April or so, would be my guess. I I really enjoy it. Probably the most drinkable of the night and really just kind of smooth and uh, Mm -hmm. tasty at the same time. It's boisterous. Very boisterous. (laughs) It's Saint Boisterous, in fact. We've been, forget, been forgetting to repeat the names of the beers, haven't we? It's, just, it's a short show, so I don't think it'll matter that much. St. Boys was from Victory. Previous beer was Bob's 47 from Boulevard. 
And our final beer of the evening is the Weyerbacher Autumnfest. Weyerbacher is out of eastern Pennsylvania. Now, this isn't this is an ale, they say. So, eastern Pennsylvania. That's right. Yep. Yes, it is an ale. So it's um. Sierra Nevada's Harvest Beer, yeah. Fest Beer is an ale, so there's several different Fest Beers that are ale styles, and and so is this one. And being in a nice early fall type day outside, it's really the right day for these, these kind of beers, and it really... Yeah, it's actually, yeah, if we were like outside, it's warm enough, these would be great beers for, uh, for drinking today. The other idea was to do uh, coffee porters and stouts, and Greg <laughs> looked at me and like... It's too warm today. <laughs> as much as I love coffee porters and stouts, today is not the day for it. So as soon as it gets cold again, we'll be putting that show on. So it smells a lot like an Oktoberfest. This Autumn Fest ale from Pretty much, Weyerbacher. you know, bready. Maybe it, there's a slight amount of uh, fruitiness to the aroma. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You're getting a little bit of esters in there. Let's see, what kind of fruit is that? Oh, it smells grapey. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think I'm getting a little bit of hops in the aroma too. Maybe, maybe it's uh, the darkest we've had tonight, which doesn't say much because these are, none of these are very dark. But this is kind of a close to brown in terms of orange shades. Right. The um, the grapey you mentioned it carries through in the flavor. Uh, it's towards the end of the fl- taste, but it it's kind of. Kind of like the graviness you get out of a Kolsch or something like that, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little more malt to this one. A little more caramel because of the, the color and the roasted malt that's used. But yeah. it has that grapiness that you get out of a Kolsch. It's, um, yeah, it's a... As, you know, ales are, are going to be more complex and fruity, and this one is definitely along those lines. Boy, Weyerbacher really changed around, didn't Yes, they did. I We got a one of those big beer variety packs at work. For the happy hour, so I'm making a point. Tried the old heathen, which was hands down the worst imperial stout I've ever had. Yeah, old heathen. It's good now, not not the best. It's not in my top ten or anything, but it's a good imperial stout. Let's see what else did I have? Did I have the? I had the blithering idiot. Very good barley wine. Yeah, really? much better than I remember. So yeah, Weyerbacher has turned the curve, um, making some great beers. Now. That's good to hear. I mean, yeah. We, I haven't tried the Merry Monks or Belgian Triple yet. I don't know, triples... It's hard for a triple to really excite me, especially when um, I'm at work at the end of the day and need to plan on driving home sometime soon, so... We need to do a fruit adjunct show. Um, you get the Raspberry Imperial Stout, get, uh, I think, Oxford as a raspberry beer. Yeah, we did that on the show. Well, we did a fruit beer show, but... Well, we, did the, like, we, we tasted the Oxford either in a pre-show or something. We yeah. really didn't like it that's from uh, frederick brewing company and uh but there are other fruit adjuncts out there right that we can try right yeah we can um we can do that or we can just work through the cellar <laughs> that we have right now yeah I mean, we have a tremendous selection gary who's in town this week as soon as the show's over we're going to uh, well at least i'm going down to uh hang out with uh our platinum club member he is <laughs> He sent us an obscene amount of beer since yeah, we started doing the show. I really wish I could hang up, but unfortunately, I have stuff that I have to do today. He, and I can't wait to meet Gary in person. I got a nice surprise for him. I got a growler of Kvass from East End Brewing Company sitting in the fridge. The Kvass is that bread beer that we talked about before. Right. Man, it's good. It's drinkable. It's really nice. Yep. As soon as he sent us that email late last week saying he was going to be in town, I'm like, 
okay, I got something that'll at least start to pay him back. <laughs> so back to the beer, the um, Weyerbacher Autumn Fest. So, you know, it, it's it's different because we had a bunch of lagers and now we're getting an ale, and the ale is right. of course giving us a lot more flavor. And it's, it's and it's, but it tastes a lot like a, an Oktoberfest with with ale flavors yeah. with some some esters in there. Uh, it's not really definable what kind of esters we're really getting. It's not like it tastes like pears or or anything specific. I'm I've been trying to figure out what kind of esters we're getting, but I'm getting almost you know kind of a like I said, grapey slash you know potpourri kind yeah. of flavor. Maybe a little bit of cinnamon in there. Um, I mean, I don't think it's actually spice or cinnamon. I can just kind of taste uh, the right. cinnamon. Uh, phenol like or ester like went to Mad Max in the North Hills for uh, lunch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the beer lineup right now! They had ten beers that I wanted to try. Really? That's how much good stuff they got on right now. They have um, they have a Stout's Abominable Barley Wine, which I just got a little taster of it, but I'm pr- it, it was really hard to tell at first, but I'm pretty sure it was oaked. And <laughs> it was. Amazing. They had um, my last, you know, they had uh, Winter Solstice from Anderson Valley. Couldn't pass that up, you know, the right, first time yeah. I get to try that this year. It's really it's good this year, too. Yeah. It, it had to warm up before it actually tasted as good as it could be. When I first got it cold up, I was actually a little bit disappointed. I'm like, well, this keg's not perfect or not as good as my memory tells me. It but once, mean, it, yeah, it, but once it warmed up, it was delicious. Um, Let's see, the other beers I had, they had a Monk's Madness from Rogue, which sounds like a, a Belgian style, but it was a pretty bitter. They might have used Belgian yeast, but it really didn't carry through the beer. So it kind of, I was disappointed because it wasn't what I had expected. You know, I was looking for some kind of double type beer from, from Rogue, but it was still a decent uh, decent beer. I need to jump at Rogue a bit, because to me, okay, now people are going to be like, oh no, here's the guy who hits that. <laughs> now he's going off from the other big West Coast brewery. Rogue makes really good beers, but they're not quite as good as they could be. Okay. Um, Do you think it's because, you know, almost every one of their beers is brewed with their Rogue Pac-Man yeast? So it doesn't seem like they really, really jump, you know, and, and use different yeast to get different characters. Yeah, that might be part They're of kind it. of anchored to one yeast. And I'm not yeah. saying every single beer Rogue's ever brewed has been this Pac-Man yeast. Um, you know, someone's going to prove me wrong as soon as I say that. But, I mean, I really do like Rogue's beers, but I've never had a wow beer or, or really, you know, something that came close to being a wow beer from them. They've always been... The first time I had their double IPA, it was a wow beer for me. It was crazy grapefruit when I hadn't had anything like that. So the Rogue Double IPA, I think, is one of the best uh, Rogue beers for excitement factor. I don't know if I've tried that. I mean, I think the, the best beer I've had from them really is probably the, the Imperial Pilsner. The the Morimoto one, which was I thought was really. Have good. you had the Rogue Chocolate Stout? I believe I have. You didn't yes. think that was amazing? I didn't think it was as amazing as it could have been. It, it, it's okay. all like it, it's all like you know, they're they're all eights and nines. But you know, I'm looking for a ten from Rogue. Okay. Let's see what else do I love from Rogue? The Imperial Stout's very good. Um, Imperial Stout Double IPA. Morimoto Pilsner. What oh, other seasonals? Oh, the Brutal Bitter I like a lot. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all yeah. good. They're all good. Yeah. They're all stuff that I enjoy. But they're all stuff that usually, if there's another if there's another beer that's available, I'll probably have that over the Rogue. 
okay. in, you know, another beer of the same style or something like that. And then the last beer I had at Mad Max yesterday was the Blue Point um, Optical Illusion. <laughs> and it was a nice IPA. And it, you know, not quite a double. It was an IPA and a half somewhere in there. You know, a nice hoppy West Coast American IPA. It was very enjoyable. The beers I didn't have, to, you know, uh, sobriety to taste were uh, Old Rasputin, um, Stout's Winter Ale, which I had last year. I remember thinking, wow, for something just called Winter Ale, this just is, is shocking because that's kind of a throwaway name. You right. know? What else was there? There was the, the Rogue Double IPA was on tap. I didn't get the, get around the chasing that. Oh, there was a bunch. Like I said, there was 10 beers out of the 20 20? I think they have 20 total taps there, 18 or 20 taps. 10 of them were beers that I hadn't had in a year mm. or have never had and really wanted to try. Uh, I went to a bar recently for – it was – a friend of mine is back from for, – for Thanksgiving. He's back from Mississippi. And so I went to see him and all, all of us got together to this bar and there were like, you know, these seven or eight people that I know, probably around more like 10. And we're all – Try and the thing is, it's one of these McKeesport pit you know, bars that doesn't have any selection except for they didn't have Santa Monica's winter lager. Okay, so I thought, okay, there you go. And winter lager is okay. It's okay. It's nothing. It's not nearly as good as Oktoberfest was. It's just kind of right. you know it has some flavor as opposed to the other crap that they had. Right. But I was also you know with these guys and you know the whole idea there was we also wanted to get drunk. So you know the question is, do I want to or at least get a lot of you know a lot of alcohol in, in me because. Uh, we had drivers, so right. it was you know there there was no problem there, and so it was just like yeah. But so what I did instead was I I had lo- I had the winter lager between shots. Okay, I did shots of uh, Soco and lime, which is really good. Okay, I mean I don't know other kind of shots to take. Yeah, I'm not I, a big I, whiskey I kinda, guy. I'm not a big. I don't I don't really like Jaeger anymore. Right. Jaeger so gross. You know, I've been thinking a little bit about you know playing around with uh, hard alcohol. And I think the two that I want to check out is, uh, you know, sing, um, whiskeys, in particular scotches and single malt scotches, which I don't know. A lot of people really hate that stuff. I've never had a scotch, so I don't know if I like it or not. Or not. I'm just not a fan, but it's one of those things I think you got to have to. And then there's also, it seems like there's a lot of variety in top shelf tequila you can really try. Mad Max has tons of, you know, great tequila you can try. I had, a, I unfortunately got really drunk when I was like, like 21 or 22 on tequila, and now I can't drink it anymore. Uh, see, I, you know, here's okay, or maybe that's more of a topic for the post show. So I'll write that down and bring it up. Let's rank. Oh God, this is a tough one. Okay, um, yeah, I might switch the last two. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a hard to rank um show. Yeah, I'm gonna go this order. Here's number oh, one. Oh, that's your, that's a weird ranking. Really? Yep, that's it. So I'm throwing it all out the window. Okay. So I'll go first. My number one beer, and Greg is surprised, is the Shaftley Oktoberfest. I thought it was a good Oktoberfest. And uh, just today, with the weather, I think the weather has a big thing to do with it. The the um, the Oktoberfest hit me a little bit better. The alcohol in the number two is my St. Boisterous from Victory. The alcohol was a little too hitting in that. It needs the, There needs to be a nip in the air. For me to like that one, I think. <laughs> There's a little bit of nip in the air. Okay. I think I would rank that one. But they're both very good beers. Number three, I'm going to put the Weyerbacher Autumn Fest. I, I enjoyed the flavors. 
And number four is the Bob's 47. They're both great. Uh, they're all great beers. There's something in the Bob's from Boulevard. It was just, I mentioned it when we were tasting it, just didn't agree with me as much as the other beers. Right. And um, I would drink it. I would tell people that it's a good Munich style beer to try. Just that the style is not one of my favorite styles. It's it's really tough for me because it's like I don't dislike any of these beers, and ranking one of them fourth is is rough. Uh, but if I have to, then I guess this is that's probably my. And this is your number one. Yeah. Okay. So number one, uh, the victory uh, Saint Boisterous. I really enjoyed it. I love the kind of creaminess and the sweetness all together, and the high alcohol actually worked for me. So for me, really good, really delicious. Um, victory, another winner. Uh, next, the Wirebacher. I mean, it doesn't, it's not quite fair. It's an ale, uh, but it does you know has some more complex flavors, some some of those extra tastes that really you know really get you going. Well, um, that grapey flavor that we yeah. talked about. You can still taste a little bit of that lingering. So, okay, Weyerbacher. Next, uh, I'm going to go for these last two. Are I mean, they're so close to each other. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They're both great beers. Uh, the Shafley Oktoberfest. I mean, I, I just love a fresh Oktoberfest. It really, you know, gets me going. And it really uh, it's the kind of beer that um, I could have, like, almost any time. Really, a the Shaftley, yeah. Well, any any good Oktoberfest, right. and the Shaftley's very good Oktoberfest. Right. And right after it, like you know, neck and neck is the Boulevard Forty Seven. I mean, I, I also like good Dunkel. I like, I really like good lagers, well crafted mm-hmm. lagers. And this one, I mean, it's really it's really good. I guess I, I guess the Oktoberfest is a little bit smoother, and that kind of made it ahead. The, the the we should say that the Dunkel you're probably using as your your base your uh, benchmark. Is probably the Church Brewers Dunkel. Is that probably the one you're most uh, familiar with? Probably that or um, the Otaru uh, Dunkel okay. that they had in Japan. Okay. I yeah, I would just mention because you know Dunkel's not a very wide um, style, widely distributed style, but we always have it on tap at the Church Brewers right. here in Pittsburgh. So I figured maybe that's one of the ones you're thinking of when you think. Smoke. Yep. All right. Well, you may have noticed that there was no What Beer Am I this week. We'll return next week with all the winners for What Beer Am I and have a a new clue and be back to a a more prepared show format. Um, You know, if you think we mailed this one in and it sucked because we weren't prepped, let us know. If you think we put on a good show nonetheless, let us know. But we promise you this won't become a habit. Right. And uh, if it's cold enough, we'll be doing coffee, porters, and stouts next week. I like the sound of that. All right, talk to y'all later. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.